Hello, uh, welcome to the Forever Forest podcast. It is the year 2023, which means it's the 23-24 season. Uh, for those of you of a certain vintage, that seems like we are playing in space right now. Uh, my name's uh, Ryan Freebury or Freebs the Tree, uh, or many other names. Or Now the guest host, I think, is my name, because I've uh, hardly done any of these for ages. Thank you, Kieran, for stepping in. Uh, we've got three people joining me this week to talk all things Arsenal versus Nottingham Forest. Uh, yes, it was a defeat on Saturday. But I think there's some good stuff to talk about if we look at how it was when it was 5-0 last season. Uh, we've got some uh, red-hot takes. Uh, I'm going to try and be a 40-year-old who knows what he's doing pressing buttons, and hopefully your little uh, things you've sent in should be there. We're going to have some audio bits. Um, God knows what. And we'll try not to be too, uh, what's the word? Um, controversial. Talking to controversial. Uh, the darling of uh, Twitter. It's uh, our new signing for this year. It's Jamie Martin. How are you doing, Jamie? Uh, I'm, I'm very good, thank you. Controversial? Never. Never. It's been fun, hasn't it, mate? Yeah, it's been a fun summer. So yeah, uh, for those who don't know, what do you do on your bits? I know you joined us last season at one point. What do you do in your sort of day job with it? What's your connection with the Reds? And uh, I'll ask you another question by the time you finish talking. Yeah, so I, I commentate uh, on the games and, and do like little bits of writing for uh, Nottingham Sports, like a local um, volunteer news publication. Um, I've supported Forrest pretty much all my life because of my dad. So uh, my dad told me, you support Forrest and, and who was I to disagree with him? He took me to Forest games as a kid, even when I didn't like football. And uh, he soon whipped me into shape and I, and I started to like football. And even started to like Forest during the, the difficult times, which was pretty much all of my life. Um, up was until the first now, game, Jamie? Uh, I think it was Forest v Bolton at home. I can't remember the year, but it was... Uh, it was a it was a long time ago. Don't say Forest v Bolton. Don't say that you're not with the other people who are on the pod with you because we'll all start, you know, <laughs> our backs will start creaking and our sticks will as well. Uh, great to have you with us, mate. Obviously, uh, we had uh, Harpal on last year, who's uh, last week, who's rejoined us as well. So we've got lots of different people. Holly will be back as well. Dan, when the United States clocks join, and obviously Kieran uh, will be there as well. So we've got quite a good few people here. Good to have you on board. Talking of those who's uh, silvery tones, often are in the ears of those watching them tricky trees. Uh, it's Steve Curry. How are you, Steve? Long time no speak. Yeah, good to be back. Good to be back. Cameo role. Um, yeah, looking forward You've to it. You've done time. it, mate. You're like the David Phillips. You can come in and just drop in any role there. <laughs> I'll do for me, Phillips, yeah. yeah. Two goals on his debut. Um, how how's it been, mate? Since we last spoke, I think it must have been sort of a fag end of last season when it was. But it's uh, been an interesting. So we'll come to the signings and bits and bobs, which I know Kieran and the guys uh, covered last week. But uh, yeah, how, how's your summer been away from uh, Forest? Have you been enjoying any other sports or just mainly uh, the drinking? Is that a sport? <laughs> uh, yeah, it is in Ireland. We, um, I, you know, to be honest, I've just been. I was just saying to Jamie off air, it was great to just do like oh. Um, because I did a few European finals and stuff in, in the summer and the season goes on for me. And I just, when it's finished then, I just, I don't want to hear anything about it. It's a bit shitty, really. I mean, I should pay attention to the signings or whatever, but I kind of just completely switch off. But it's been great to do that. And I'm just about ready to get back into it. Well, you say it's uh, not pay attention to the signings. It's been an easier summer for that, Steve. We'll come to that in a minute. Um, and then uh, a name that uh, so far, we're synonymous now for four seasons together, uh, tied in. And when we do the BBC together, they always speak to her first, like I'm some sort of loose cannon. Uh, Lisa, hello. I just spoke to you about 20 minutes ago across the airways, but how's things? Things are good. I'm uh, I'm quite chilled, to be fair. Yeah, I've I've got to ask you on a on a on a on a side of it as well because I spoke to you. She's going, how's how's the young lad doing in America? Is he hating that? Is it awful being in America? It's been... Absolutely awful. He's on a eight day jaunt in Chicago with oh. three games of football, and uh, the last I heard from him, he'd got an Oreo ice cream in hand. I mean, 
do you know what? Last time I had one of those, I stood in the foyer in Las Vegas, and uh, hopefully he's a bit wiser than I was after that, and not in a casino or anything like that. But I yeah, have to, but I have to say though, he did get up at half past six on Saturday morning. I call it Charlie time now. Right. Um, sod Dan time. It's Charlie time. Six hours behind. Got up at half six to wash our game. Wow. That's my boy. You've got to. It's, it, once it's in you, it's in you, and you'll know that now, Jamie. Like you're saying with uh, your dad getting into you as well. So uh, we are back. Like I say, uh, we've we've done various things. We took this over the season that Forest um, went up, which seems like the best timing in the world. It felt like last season should have been an infinite end on that. It's like a, there we go, done job done as a podcast. But you know, you can't give it up. We love speaking about the Reds. Love hearing what you people have to say. And as always, we try and do something a little bit different. We're not not deep, deep tactical, don't, uh, you know, profess to be anything, you know, in terms of looking around here. I know Steve played, well, a lot more than I did, a better level than I did. I'm just a, a fan with a gob. And um, I think we'd all probably say we are in our own kind of ways. But we always try and be fair. We always try and look at it each way we can. And our mantra, apart from you, Reds, is uh, just don't be a dick. Just be trying to be nice to each other. It's dead simple. So uh, that probably means you need to leave Twitter. Uh, anyway, let's start around uh, the bottom of the uh, the clock as it is here. And uh, I'll try not to be too ribald or too, uh, uh, what's the word, outrageous with it. But um, I'm going to now, this is where I press the buttons, Jamie. Then I'm going to come straight to you, right? I'm going to press a button here and this. And I'm going to try and remind you of what happened on Saturday. For those who didn't see it, uh, there was this. Odegaard in towards the near post and... Havertz has taken a blow to the face and goes down. Forrest, meanwhile, are breaking down the field. This is Anthony Alanga down the left-hand side. Havertz has stayed down. Alanga's still going on. Alanga into the penalty area. Alanga still going Yes! Down. And Alanga chucks it in! In football, great. I'm instantly going... Gah, 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 gah. It's just like straight away feeling it. Um, it was in the Athletic today, I think, Jamie. 14 seconds that was from under the pitch to the other. And saying what a massive 14 seconds that is for Nottingham Forest already this season in terms of what we saw, what we saw last time at that same place. In those 14 seconds, what did you see that made you smile, sir? It was the, of course, the on the ball running from Anthony Alanga because it's impossible to ignore that. And it's probably been the most talked about thing with that goal because, I mean, how you move um, the ball that quickly and with, with good knowledge as well because that last touch that he took before he made the pass to Tyro, that was clever football. You know, and the, and the way that he caught Arsenal completely off guard, Declan Rice trying to run back, just couldn't get to him. None of Arsenal's defence could cope with that. Um, that shows a good footballer for me and a player that's just really wanted to get it out of his system for a little bit. And he did on that occasion. But also, Tyro Wani's running off the ball as well. I mean, I didn't realise how fast, and a lot of people have kind of alluded to that, I didn't realise how fast Tyro was because he didn't have the ball at his feet, yes, but he's running that quick. And he's a big guy. He's a big physical player and he can run that quick. And, you know, to, to be able to get yourself into those positions to score a goal shows a good number nine. It shows someone that is clinical and Tyro's proved that. And um, for me, that just goes to show that 14 seconds of a game, anything can happen. It only takes two or three passes, if that, to get a goal, you know, and, and if Forrest continue to do as they did in the second half and be a bit more brave and, and go forward with the ball and, you know, be, be clever like Anthony Alanga and Tyro were, Anything can happen. So it was a really special moment for me. And um, yeah, I loved seeing it. Loved seeing it. My brief story on it, for those, a lot of you are at the games all the time, and I'm horrendously jealous of you, although my pocket is meant to be slightly lighter in terms of funds, I think, from a season watching Forest away at home. I was uh, at that point going to a gig I was doing in London and I had to get off at Waterloo Station. And I've dropped off to get some water or whatnot before I get on the tube and go. And I've been listening to Forest on the, on the train. 
and I've got the, the, the thing on, it's going through me. And all of a sudden I'm walking on, I've got on them black Terrace uh, Life t-shirts on that's got just the forest badge here in black. So you can't really see it's a forest. It wasn't because I'm scared of London. It's just, it was not too, you know, going in a shirt. And I see some lads walking towards me in rugby shirts, but two in forest shirts. And I thought, I'm not going to say, oh, let's see what they do. And they clocked the tree when they got near me. Went, you rats! But the best bit is around Waterloo, around there, there's a lot of unfortunate people who are on the street and God knows what I'm asking. And these two blokes near, who I see all the time and I knew these gigs, didn't know what was shouting, but they started shouting, you reds. Then across the side of the street, they all started going, you reds. So the homeless community of the Waterloo area started shouting, you reds in this universal. It's one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen happen in London. That was just, no one knew why they were shouting it. Um, Steve, I think my question for you was around, this, uh, was, a, was around a one a year, actually. Through the years you've watched them reds, we've seen a few strikers who we've got don't know a lot about them. They look a big lad. I mean, Collymore broke the rule for me with that in terms of pace, the skill on his feet, you know, the scoring that he did. One of I definitely had him labelled as a eight, nine goal a season man. But those goals in consecutive games, have I got him wrong there? Do you think there's more to this lad or are we just going off a, a good run he's having? Perhaps there is more to him because, you know, when he came back from the injury last year, he was pretty much the difference for me, that those goals he scored, you know, the two at Chelsea. Um, just really important goals at really important times. And that's what good strikers do. And I think there is a bit more to see because when I first watched him, I, I used to think like his top half wasn't connected to his bottom, the way he was sort of like, he moved really awkwardly. But as Jamie said there, the movement off the ball, that goal Saturday, I don't want to nick it off another commentator or, or broadcaster, but they noted that last movement in the six-yard box shifts off his right shoulder, that's it, onto his left in the near post. Really, really clever. Uh, I think there is a bit more to come from him. And yeah, I think if we get 10 goals out of him every season, jackpot for me. Yeah, because you forget this league, innit? That's not bad going at all, is it? When you hit that yeah. 10, that's a... Uh, what, Lisa, over to you, what's his full name again? Or oh, we got that nailed now? I always mock you for it. Taiwo, Taiwo, a one-year, please score a goal for me. Oh, so you put it into a song. I love it. I mean, well, I haven't. The, our our fans have. To the tune of Heartbeat, and I literally cannot get that out of my head. That's the way that you get it around, Joe. At least it's not bloody Karanka. Oh, that's the Karanka. It is the Karanka song. <laughs> that's the one used to drive me mad. Um, Lisa, is the uh, I'm going to give you the difficult one because I know it's always loaded with it. Um, have you seen enough from Alanga there in the little bit that he was on, especially the speed? I think Jamie mentioned it. Running at pace like that and keeping a ball that close to your feet is a difficult skill. Not saying the person Benson mentioned hasn't, but if we did lose Brennan before the end of this transfer window, is Alanga enough on that wing for you? You hate that question, don't you? I would love to see the two of them um, in our front in a, in a front three with Taiwo with Morgan Gibbs White playing behind him a wise man said that a little while ago on the radio um and uh I I hope we don't sell Brennan because you know he's he has got more than enough and he's only going to get better for me um still young still learning Ilanga has spent a couple of years around Manchester United and the the team there and his experience as young as he is shows um, and I think he's just going to be an exciting player. And I mean, I just call him Raps. Raps, rapid, speed, amazing. Honestly, the the touch, like Jamie said, before he put the cross in, was just so intelligent. Um, and then the the ball went in the net, and it it took a few seconds for the away end to actually erupt because it was like, hang on a minute, we've just scored a goal. Yay! Um, and it just it it just and then the the celebrations went on and and the the noise level was cranked up, and Arsenal were on the back foot. 
um, for that last 10, 15 minutes, they were on the back foot. And I think we were slightly unlucky on the, on the base of the last half an hour not to get a point. But on the base of the first half, yeah, we deserve to lose. Do you, I mean, we are acting because we've. it was 5-0 last year and I guess we're looking at it as uh, increasing sort of positives and what that is. We still lost the game. Um, is it a case that, I mean, obviously this is how football goes. You're going to, I was saying on the radio earlier on, Forrest going at them earlier, you want, but would you be able to, if you'd have gone at them like that from the kickoff, would we have lost that 6-1? Do you know what I mean? Is it one of those games? 100%. So, is, 100%. So do you think the timing of when we stepped it up and the substitutes came on, not meant to be a sagging off of the management and God knows what, but did you did you find that was like optimum time or do you still think Forrest could have gone at that a bit earlier, straight from the second half maybe? I, I spoke to one of my friends at half time and said, we, we need someone for the ball to stick to. It was plainly obvious that we were 10 men behind the ball for the majority of that first half. And if even if we got it forward, which you actually saw, if, if we talk about the, the Arsenal second goal, where Morgan tried to, like, there was no outlook. There was literally nowhere for him to clear that ball to. And I love Morgs, you know, he is up there in my top three players. Um, and... The only thing that I would say that is a criticism slightly is that sometimes he just tries to do too much by himself and he needs to trust the process and trust his teammates. And that that is what he was guilty of, that he just tried too hard and lost it. And unfortunately, you know, that the, the ball pinged to... Um, to Saka and nobody was stopping it literally that you could have had the best goalkeeper in the world in there and they weren't stopping that shot it was just a, and I applaud, applauded it you know it was a great finish from him but it could have been avoided because it had Morgs just cleared it up the pitch it would have been at the opposite end but also it would have just come straight back again because there was nobody for us to um, actually hold, hold the ball up and control it because actually the person that would have been able to do that was Morgan Gibbs-White and he was defending um so for me the substitutions were bang on and it is just annoying in a way that it took those substitutions for us to actually start to play the football that we want to see but I also understand that you've got Ilanga who's not played a lot of minutes and Tywa who's coming back from injury um so there probably wasn't a lot of of options that Cooper had to actually make those changes earlier yeah, it's, we're not. We're not. I'm coming back the other way. So I'll come back to you in a second, Jamie. I'm coming to Steve now. We're not a big fan of doing the aftertime of things. It, we're, none of us are soothsayers, or although we'd have had millions in the bank from, or would be as good as Lisa at gambling, whatever it might be. Um, but it, realistically, it's a case of none of us saw it coming. So say afterwards, what they should have done, should have, would have, could have. But Forest defending wise, in that is it a case that Arsenal are always going to have more chances. Their their percentile chance of actually getting goals versus Forest one with Brennan at the start. You know, it's all very well going that goes in. We still could have lost that four 0 because Forest would have gone even more and more into their shell. Do you think Forest need to have a bit more belief, Steve? Because it feels to me still, and it's not. I'll come to this three tier thing I've got within the league in a minute. But even with teams like that, and have a go. <clears throat> I don't want to see. I don't want to see five ten percent. And I'm not trying to be a big you know Johnny Big Bollocks about what Forest are, what they might be. This is a bloody good side we're facing. They pushed Man City all the way. But do you still think there's a little bit of a fear factor within them or something why they don't go earlier? Or do you think that's because no one's going to take that much pressure for a whole game? I would say going forward, yeah. But um, that actual game being the first game of the season, being against a side who really should have won the Premier League. Um, and how we finished up last season against them, I would have done exactly the same. And I know that is negative as a shit, but like we said before, if you let an early goal in and, you know, suddenly it's the 5-0 happens all over again. So he had cautious optimism. As Lisa said, 
the substitutions, there was no real opportunity to get them on early because of the fitness and whatever. For me personally, I would have gone in with the siege mentality on that first game against Arsenal and, and gone in that way. But you're right, going forward, when we get into a rhythm, I want to see more possession. I want to see more, like you're saying, I want to see sort of more expansive footballing going at teams. But extenuating circumstances, first game of the season, I, I was actually in line with, with what Cooper was, was thinking there. Yeah, we still we still all love Stevie Cooper. So I think he's going to have to do something really terrible for me to not like him. <laughs> he might be the first manager since Brian Cluffy will be able to like completely detrimental. You know, when Cluffy was going down at the end, I was like, don't matter, Brian, don't matter. With Steve, I think he'd have to do something really horrendous for me to actually start hating him. Uh, Jamie, here's a weird one for you. If the team that played uh, Crystal Palace uh, away last game of the season, to, and it's not a massive change, played the team that played Arsenal today on a neutral venue for Forest, but Forest v Forest, who wins? Do you think there's a massive difference in what's happened between those two with uh, people like Lodi and that gone, or what do you, you know, a few injuries back? God knows what. What do you, how, how do you think we fare when we're as strong as we can be? Because I know we're not fully yet. That's a good question. I, I don't know the team sheets. Don't ask me. <laughs> yeah, I, I, to be honest, yeah, I'm not looking like on my phone like that. Um, no, but seriously, I, I don't really know uh, to tell you the truth because I, I, you think it was we're very different now times. When we ended the season last year versus where we are now with the summer, how it's gone and those that have gone, call back, you know, storage and all that. Do you think Forrest are stronger as we sit here today on a Monday recording this than they were on that day when uh, Lisa had her best away day ever at, at, uh, at Palace? A little bit. I think they're a little bit stronger. And I think, you know, maybe not. Um, I mean, you've got you've got three new additions. You know what I mean? You've got Ilanga, you've got Ironing, you've got Matt Turner. So for me, it's evident that they are they are stronger. I think Matt Turner is a good goalkeeper. I think he got a lot of disrespect before he even joined, but um, albeit, yeah, one game against Arsenal, but he showed glimpses of what a goalkeeper that we need, I think. Um, Aina, for me, other than being caught out once or twice, had a very solid performance against Arsenal. Um, and Ilanga, I don't really need to say more with that. So, um, yeah, I do think we're in a stronger position. And I'm not going to lie to you when I say I don't think we're in a massively stronger position. I do think we need to add because we're at risk of being in a worse position because injuries will just set us back much more. And you kind of already seen it with Felipe and Niakate being out. You miss those players. Mm. And and Niakate is getting some minutes with the B team tonight, which is which is great. Um, but then at the same time, it's like you want him in that starting eleven, And maybe we'll see that on Friday. You can hope so. Um, I don't think he'll start on Friday, but I think we're stronger. But we need to add. Steve Cooper's been saying it as well, and he's been saying it in quite a um, a way that I don't think I've ever really heard Steve Cooper oh, well, speak. Jamie, you'll hear it in a minute because I'm going to play the clip. Um, okay. So, okay. Well, of course I am. Uh, so listen, while we're, while we're here, and you just mentioned uh, Turner, so we've been talking about a certain Dean Henderson all summer. Now, waving your crutches while everyone's in the in the dressing room singing, I love it. He's on board. You know, I know he burnt his bridges at United, whatnot. I've just been waiting for Henderson, waiting for Man United to stop pissing about like it seemed like they did all the time with Jimmy Garner and all that sort of stuff. Having seen Turner, and I've read a few opinions, and I am no way a goalkeeping expert, I'm going to come around the board with you, if you can either do it in a quick sentence, a yes, no, and a sentence, why afterwards. With what you saw of Matt Turner, distribution, speed of getting it out, you know, obviously that Saka one, apparently he should have stopped that, some people said. Um, would you would you be happy with Matt Turner, or would you go uh, still go bailing in for Henderson as it stands? Jamie first. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's one game. Um, Matt Turner, he's a good goalkeeper. Um, I like his distribution. I like um, the work that he does on the ball to to build up the counter-attack. But, um, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing him as number one. And I'm going to be controversial and say that I'm not 
overly bothered if Dean Henderson comes to Forest this summer. It, it just isn't a priority in my mind at the moment. So well, yeah, I wasn't offering it as a because obviously if the answer was can you have Hendo as well, you're probably going to go for it. We all would. But from yeah. what you've seen in that one game, Steve, I know it's one game. It's a horrible question, lots of ways. Are you happy with that man being our keeper for the year? If if, if that's the situ, then I'm sure he'll get better. Ironically, I saw him play at the World Cup for ah. the Saints, but that was only one game, so I couldn't really judge him on that. Um, if if he's the only man available, then I'm sure he'll have you know enough in his in his locker to do it. But for me, I'm going to go against Jamie Henderson all day for me. I reckon he's worth seven or eight points. And now that doesn't sound a lot, but in relegation terms and, and in terms of finishing sort of 17th to, to 14th or whatever, it's a hell of a lot for me. But yeah, I, I loved seeing Henderson last year and he was, you know, he's one of the best goalkeepers I've seen for a long while. Obviously he's got his flaws, but yeah, a long-winded answer there. If, if, if the, if Turner's demand, then I'm sure it'd be fine, but I'm always going to go with Henderson. Yeah, Dean Henderson, very much a young Marco Pascolo. I'm sure you'll agree, Steve. Um, so I love going back for those ones from back in the day, but I know Stephen, I remember as well. Lisa, you have the deciding vote then, because I'm not getting involved in this. Uh, if there's a choice of Henderson comes tomorrow or you can't get him, stop messing around with it. What what, what are you thinking at the minute? Henderson, 100%. Jamie, nothing I else, like nothing else idiot, to say. <laughs> Sorry, Jay. <laughs> no, I, I I think the man has got undoubted qualities and we've it's proven with it. And we've only had one game, so it's not really particularly fair amount Turner, but I do I did think in generally distribution and stuff I quite like. So and uh, you know, if not, we'll go back for Navas or we'll we'll try and get Peter Shilton or someone. I'm sure there'll be some crazy goalkeeping situation. We'll go for someone along the way. Um, so as Jamie mentioned, um, and as I'm going to try and do uh, as secretly as I can whilst bringing it up onto the screen here, uh, there has been a recent uh, little bit of stuff coming out that's around this. Yeah, Steve, going back to what you achieved last year, you know, it was some fantastic achievements. Guardiola's team, Artet here. What you done when it's not in the Forest Group at the start? I don't think you got enough plaudits with you. When the lads come in for pre-seasons, because it was it was, it was momentous to stay in the Premier League for any club, do you look at your players in the eyes and say and, and remind them we've got to go again, lads? And do you, do you see who's got that fire in their belly? Well, well, I, personally, um, I, I remember after managing to stay stay in the league, my my overriding feeling the next morning was not one of success or, or jubilation. It was one of we've got to improve. You know, it was such a tough league last year, as you guys know better than me. You know, I've only had one one year at it. And um, it, that's been my sort of feeling all through, and still is now through the summer, is if you really want to, you know, do, do, do okay in this league, you've just got to constantly look to improve. Look at what Arsenal have done. You know, they had an amazing season last year and the way they went about it. And, and you know, can see that there's some real joined up thinking at the club. They go and do the recruitment straight away and you have to admire that. So my, my feeling, Joe, and I appreciate what you said about last year, but my mentality is how do we get better? Mm. How do we, we improve? And... I'll always believe in the players that, that you work with day in, day out. That's always been a mantra of mine. You have to, because belief is a big thing. But I also know that we need to improve. Joined up thinking at the club, and every one of your faces is going, do not come to me first, Freeps. So, mini, 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 mo. I so want to say, Lisa. But, Steve, uh, what do you think about that? Because there's been other things in print as well, I think, that's come out regarding our... Uh, Steve has felt with it. And I think there was something here that I'd, I'd saved on the phone because it was easy to do where he says, uh, Matt Turner and Ola Aynor are now in, but they only replaced Renan and Kalor and Henderson. Uh, Alanga is only the real addition. We know if we really want to grow, get better and improve in this league, we need to bring some players in. I really hope the club can do that. Um, is this a man who's kind of 
because he's already got a bit of shit from people going, you had 30 odd last season. La di da di da. We always laugh about that. What what do you think? Is there a real message behind this? Or what, what do you think about this uh, comment here bump from Cooper? Are you on mute, Steve? Oh, it's not working all of a sudden. I've got to give you an opinion. <laughs> Steve, you're on mute, mate. Oh, is he still on mute? He's still on mute. Is everybody on mute? Um, okay, Jamie, can you unmute really quickly? Yeah, can you hear me? Is, yeah, it, is this where, yeah. Sorry, Jamie, yeah. question now. Well, I'll take it. Um, you can read very deep into what he said, you know. Uh, I think many have. Um, with 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 what Steve Cooper said, not just in that specific instance, but um, in quite a few press conferences as well. And uh, BBC Radio Nottingham have done a lot of reporting on it. And it's, I don't really know quite how to say it, but it doesn't seem like a dig necessarily, but he wants things to get done and things for him need to get done. And you can you can understand why. It's a frustrating situation. We don't, know the situation with Felipe. We need a new centre-back. Um, you know, we, I think we need a forward that's going to test Tawani and provide a bit of competition and also a bit of cover as well and a new midfielder. And, you know, there's so many different places where Forrest need that quality and he wants that done. And um, so you can kind of understand why he's talking the way he is. But I've never really seen that from Steve Cooper before. No, it, it, it Just something feels a little bit different. And that's not me being like all conspiracies and, oh. you know, like I'm not going Ricky Lambert on you. I'm just saying like, I just think that Steve Cooper is starting to to feel the strain a little and he wants to let them know that he wants it done because how long have we really got to make these additions and for them to have that impact that we need? Well, the, th the thing is, I I've never seen him even at the lowest use excuses and even games where we've lost and they've gone, oh, well, do you know what, you Forrest, you've done well coming up and you've lost that game. He's gone, well, I don't like losing. I don't like losing. It's straight. I don't, I don't want to be able to lose. So I think it is quite rare from him. Um, Lisa, thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think the frustration is there for all to see um, that last last season, you know, it was all about 30 signings and there was no way that we were fitting 30 signings into a 25-man squad. Um, and I, I agree with him that as soon as the season finished, we had a certain amount of loan players that went back to their parent clubs and we had to, to build again. And we knew we needed a keeper, possibly two. We know we need a left-back. Um, we know we probably need somebody, a, a central midfielder and possibly a, a 10-goal a season striker. Um, you know, losing the players that we lost, you've got to replace them somehow. And, and it's OK saying, right, we're going to get Henderson over the line. And we're now midway through the, the month of August and there's 16 days of the transfer window left. Um, it's not as easy as here's the piece of paper, sign the contract. There's so many things that have got to happen. Um, and we don't know what goes on behind the scenes. Um, we don't know whether funds are available. We don't know whether that there has to be a signing, go somebody going out for funds to be sanctioned to spend. Um, and it might be that we end up relying on the loan window again, um, which or going abroad or going for free transfers later and then it doesn't really matter um but we're forest fans and we're impatient and we want it now um um and, and if it doesn't work like that what do we want signings what do we want just a few not 36 
Steve, I don't know if you're, yeah, we don't want Steve. Are you are you unmutable now, sir? I'm I'm unmutable. Yeah. That, look, do you know what? That was so almost politician. Oh, I don't know about this. Oh, oh, my mute button, my mute button. Um, again, so again, I think you and I are on the same page. What we think of Steve Cooper as a man, I think a lot of us are as as Forest fans here, and it is quite different from him um it's a different way I, I mean i've i'm sort of sticking by it that i've saw that hug with him and maranakis the end of last season there doesn't seem a lot of love for me that there should be more love there for me maybe it's just because i'm in love with steve cooper but it almost felt a bit like he's gonna go sod it this is what i feel this is, i don't think it's a, a bigger whinge i have heard from other managers but what's your what's your opinion on the bit i just played um <clears throat> i'm yeah i'm gonna say fully vindicated what he's done since he came in from the championship bottom of the table to seemingly, you know, keeping us up when it seemed seemingly impossible at times. Um, I think he's got every right, in my opinion. Um, he said, I've delivered. And, and and I think maybe it's just a bit growing in confidence, but him sort of kind of saying, you know, show me the money sort of thing. I don't know. But yeah, I, I think he's probably vindicated in, in, in going down that route. But uh, that's just my opinion. But we, the thing is, any, any other sort of half, baked ignorance from another club will go, oh, but you had 32 last year. Now, I know some proper fans who I'd say they really know their club inside out and I've gone, I'd expect better from you saying that to me. Oh, you signed a thousand players. You, you Come on, you know me well enough to ask me what the situation is. I think some people are going to hit him with that. But, oh, he's had 32. How come he... But we all knew, didn't we? That was like throwing spaghetti at the wall and hoping some would stick. Because for you, I give you the, uh, you know, like Lisa's saying, these contract things aren't easy. Look at William during the summer, stuff like that. And then he's back at Fulham and then apparently he's off to Saudi. And you know, these things are not simple. It's like trying to wriggle, you know, juggle with eels. If I gave you the thing that you know you're signing them tomorrow, and let's not be silly, we're not on about like uh, your Mbappe and not. If I can give you three plasters to stick in Forest where you think they really need them, Steve, where are you chucking them? Good question. Um, I think, like the guys have all said, I would definitely have backup as a striker. Because with Forrest over the last few years, we've seen this weird sort of necessity to get like 18 defensive midfielders uh, right from the championship through. And we've always been a bit light on the strike front. So I think like the guys said earlier on, I think both of you, all three of you said, some um, competition for Owani. Um, yeah, I mean, you've already got an absolute peach in Alanga. Um, Depending on this, the centre half debacle, whether you know whether Lipe and whatever will come back as good as, then maybe a centre half. But yeah, I, I, I'm I'm old school. I'm always a striker and goalkeeper kind of guy. So there, I would I'm just going to say two for me: striker and goalkeeper. Spine and squad. Where have we heard that before, Steve? Get a good strong spine, you'll be all right, mate. That's, I thought we heard that from someone for a long time. Lisa, just because I'll try and bring it up every time, it's like apparently if you go to Disneyland, there's a load of hidden Mickey Mouse ears around the place, like little hidden ones, and you've got to try and spot them, and all the Disney geeks love it. Uh, I'm going to try and drop in a Ryan Yates thing every year. Where's Yates he playing this year, and why is he going to start every game, and why is he the best footballer in the planet? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. One I said earlier about, you know, uh, Morgan Gives White being in my top two or three players. Of course, Ryan Yates is number one always. Um, it's quite interesting where he's going to play this season. It could actually be anywhere other than in goal, or maybe in goal if we don't sign Henderson. You just never know. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, the, the if Yatesy scores, we're in the Thames. Uh, chant went went up on on Saturday, and, and you would like to see him kind of a little bit more advanced. Um, but Yates is. 
so underrated and so valuable to our spine, to our core. Um, and he will play wherever. I mean, it was quite interesting that we, we, I was talking to the guy at the side of me and he said, where is Yatesy playing? Why is he marking the ref? Um, I said, because that's where Declan Rice is. And he literally followed Declan, Declan Rice around that pitch. Um, and he's just like a, a dog, isn't he? That he just will not let you go and will not give you space and time. Um, and when you take that out, you are a little bit more exposed. And he didn't let Declan Rice play Declan Rice's way. So that kind of tells you that Yatesy will play wherever he needs to play to stifle the team that he's playing against. You know what I love? It was certain clubs, and I know we, I know you know your own club better than anyone else does, and there's, there's probably been players through the years that we've all looked at and gone, God, he's a dickhead, or God, he's whatever. And and when you know them at the club, you go, no, actually, they're all right. So my mate used to have it with Chris Cohen, and he was like, I'm not having it that he's not a dickhead. I went, he's lovely. I've met him a couple, he's lovely. He's, no, I think he thought he was too good looking to be nice. He was like, no, I'm just, oh. And I went, so we have this thing called the bragging rights between us and Sheffield Wednesday. It's a bit like the Ashes, that whoever's done the better over the season, that they have to get the first round in, things like that. And one of them is they have to agree with the other one. So when any time he brings up Chris Cohen, because we, I've got the bragging rights in the minute over Wednesday, I go, he's great, lovely guy. And I feel like Yatesy is the Chris Cohen of the 2020s and all that, because there's certain people who just don't want to, I know Dan Fudge is weird about what he thinks about Chris Cohen, my mate, but it's just he's very Cohen y. He'll go in anyway. He'll do, he does a lot of that under the under scene stuff, doesn't he? And he's just like, it's not trying to be a full appreciation post, but I've, I've noticed him getting smarter. He's a lovely lad, by all accounts, Lisa. You've had a, quite a few bits to do with him. He said he's a, he's a top lad, but he'd tell you what, he would wind me the fuck up if he was my opposition. Because he'd be like, who's this lad who looks like he should be at school and he's getting all up in our face and doing all the little smiles? He's, he's just classic, that, isn't he? Right, right. Ah, right, right. Yeah, he, he is. And he does the dirty stuff and he he does the dirty stuff quite well. Um, what I do want to see come out of his game is is the silly little pushes and giving those free kicks away. Um, and I think last season he will be disappointed with the fact that he didn't score many. I don't even think he scored any. And I know there was quite a period of time where he was out injured, um, but he will want to add goals back into his game. Um, and for me, he, get, he gets himself into the right positions. Um, and I think those goals will come. And that's what we need more than anything this season is our midfielders to weigh in with a few more goals uh, and not be so reliant on the Brennans and the tyres. How many? What's the odds in your bookies, Lisa, that Ryan Yates' first goal this season is with his head? It's just, just oh, always be, you've got the, the bet every week has got to be a, a Yatesy header. Um, always. You've heard it here first. Uh, what I'm going to do is, Lisa, I'm going to let you go on mute for a second. I'm going to do one of those questions that feels like I'm throwing in a cluster bomb into the thing. I'm going to wait and see who comes off mute first really quickly. Just because there is potential for uh, people to go, I don't want it. So I'm going to just quote from 52 minutes ago, Mr. Daniel Taylor, Nottingham Forest have gone back to George Sirianis, their former head of recruitment to help identify transfer targets. He lost his job last October, but Forest have invited him to return to the club, advising the owners on a consultancy basis. Steve or Jamie, who's first off uh, the mute to say what your thoughts are on that reacquisition. I like, I like George. I think he's a nice guy. Um, for, first and foremost, he's a, he's a pretty sound guy. And um, it's evident that his talent identification was a little bit underrated. Because um, let's this, say Aurel Mangala. Is this almost a, is this a rarity that we're seeing the owners probably go, we might have got something wrong there? Maybe. And then do you know what? And do you know what? I I respect them for for acknowledging that if they have if they felt they've got something wrong and feel he has something to offer and they are willing to just acknowledge that 
then I respect that completely. And I don't think there is any shame in that because it's evident they want to see what's best for the club and they want to do the best for the club. And they know that George Sirianos perhaps knows a little bit more than they thought. And, um, you know, if Mangala didn't get injured and Tyrell Wani um, had a little bit more confidence, you know, back then, you would have all been going, Jesus Christ, George Sirianos is a bloody God. He's an absolute genius because two incredible players. And we're seeing it now. Mangala's contribution is massive. Awani's contribution is literally the reason that we are still here talking about a Premier League Nottingham Forest. So for me, George Sirianos, maybe the club made a mistake getting rid of him. I don't know the ins and outs of their relationship with him, so I don't want to cast any aspersions. But I think his talent identification is good. He did a good job. And um, I'd say, what, all the German lads did did pretty okay, didn't they? Other than the injuries, unfortunately. They all did pretty okay. So I welcome it. If the club have made a mistake, hold the hands up and want to see us do better and get better players in, I respect that totally. So welcome back, George Sirianos. Even if it is a consultancy role, bring us some good players. I tell you what, it's funny, Steve. I was watching Chelsea-Liverpool yesterday and there was a bit where there was an offside decision. I think it was for Liverpool scoring again. It was Salah, clean through. And the other half's heading around. She's going crazy. She hates Liverpool, big Chelsea fan. She really can't stand them. And she, oh God. she goes, is that offside? I went, I don't know what offside is anymore. I don't, because the feet are level. I don't know what that is anymore. And there's a, there's a point to why I'm bringing this up. Is it like you've watched football enough years as well, Steve, where I'm seeing like, you know, Sirianos coming in, we've got Cooper, who's the manager versus, you know, you, you know, the old days, Cluffy would have gone along with uh, Del Boy one in. I'd look at someone or famously Ian Rush, I think he said, wouldn't be any good. <laughs> Something like that. So, you know, it's changed so much the game. Do you really understand what's going on with football? Who picks what these days? Because I feel, feel like I'm almost letting it go. Where I'm going, if they turn up and they're wearing a red shirt, I don't care who signed him in the end. Does Do you think there's too many fingers in pie sometimes in modern football? Yeah, that's a great question. I think I kind of touched on it maybe a year or so ago on the on the pod. Um, I don't know whether it's because I'm one of the Dars and, and an old school and just a bit of a dinosaur, but that me, wasn't why I asked you that question, Steve, because I'm one of the uncles in that sense. I'm one of the elder cousins, if that's the case. I don't know what that makes us. <laughs> for me, like we've said before, Forest for me is about going down, watching the team, your Saturday, enjoying the football, the spectacle and not the circus. And I've always said it, NFFC, the second half is, you know, football club, not finance club. I'm not really bothered what happens beyond the I sh- Perhaps I should be. And it's great for people like Jamie, who, who've got a media interest and, you know, and that's, that's fantastic. Um, but for me, I don't want to, I don't, although, I mean, commentary position every week, I've still got my season ticket um, and I pay about 550 quid for it. I don't want to pay 550 quid to worry about that shit. I just want to go and watch the Reds <laughs> play football. And football as a sport, I know it, it, it is a business these, day, these days. I know it is. But I'm old school. I want to see it as a sport. I want to enjoy it. And and, and look at, like Lisa was there, well, and Jamie's there, every away game. That, that buzz, that sort of, oh, you know, fanatic vibe going through the crowd, that's what you want. Like these guys get every away game, um, you know, win, lose or draw and that. That really should override the the backroom stuff, but that's just me being a dar. But that's but that's what gets you anyway, man. Because I I I said on here a while back, the Premier League has been this kind of something I've been suspicious of for over two decades. I've just gone, it's that shitty league there with all them overplayed footballers dancing around, and they're not bloody championship. That's where it's at. It's proper football. 
what old bastion of how it used to be under Cluffy and God and Herbert Chapman. And I'm mentioning people who've been dead a thousand years. But it's like when we're in there as well, it started going crap. And I remember saying to Natalie, I was going to hate this league. I bloody hate this league. And she was just because you're not doing very well. I went, no, it's not. I just I just don't like it. I don't feel... And this season, because the 30 signings become a bit embarrassing for all of us in some ways, didn't it? However much it was exciting, it also become a thing where knobheads were coming up everywhere and saying stuff. And it was just like, you got sick of batting it off. But again, this season it started, I was just like, you know, I think I said it to you guys on the group. I'm just, I don't think I've been less bothered in some ways. And I feel like I'm almost a spoiled brat saying that because I've wanted this for so long. I was back where we are. But as soon as the game started against Arsenal, I was like, let's have it. Let's smash them. Come on, Forrest. You know, because a lot of time I'm in exile, I'm just, I feel so far from my people and my clan and my thing, but strapping on a shirt with a tree on it and a couple of stars above it against some team who should have won loads of them things. We've, we've won two of them. You know, maybe it's thinking of Tricky Trev in the summer and stuff like that as well. And God knows what. I'm just thinking like, God, this game is a, it's an absolute killer. How it does see red. That's my nearest to be a soapbox before I start talking about earthworms and dicks and stuff like I have in the past. Um, I'm going to talk to you a bit about Sheffield United on Friday, or as my granddad used to call them and my best mates who are Wednesday fans, those pig blade bastards. Um, so I'm sorry about that. It's just what they call them. So I've had to throw it out there. Sorry. Don't, when you do the faces, all the rest of you, I think I've maybe gone over the line. <laughs> Too late. Uh, up the owls. Uh, we're all Wednesday, aren't we? As well as being a tricky tree so Sheffield United uh my, my thing I said on the radio for Steve and Jamie was this league is in three portions you've got a top half which is all the the golden platter it's all the big six whatever number they want to call it you've got the middle lot which is your I don't know it's palace <laughs> everyone always says it's palace in a way and then you've got the bottom lot now that changes with who's come up and whatnot now when you are in our situation last year we had to beat Fulham and Bournemouth didn't we and we didn't at home and that scared the shit out of us because when we had to do Arsenal we have to do Liverpool and it's making it harder I think the way you move up that league is by taking little nibbles from each one of those sections. Free swing at the top. Let's nibble a bit more out the middle. Let's win everything at the bottom. Sheffield United on Friday, Lisa, I know we spoke about it on the radio, but for those who didn't hear it on here, I'm putting it as must win. I, and not because of us surviving, but for progress and us doing a team that I think look like they've come prepared to go down to the championship already. Same as Luton. Couldn't happen to a nice a lot. Um, you're, ex you're expecting three points on Friday. I think we, knowing what we know about the teams that have come up and Sheffield United is probably, they're probably down to their bare bones. Their substitutions on Saturday were teenagers and a couple of 20-year-olds and um, they're not very worldly wise. And the players that are worldly wise and have played in the Premiership before didn't look very good. Um, so I think with considering all of that, um, Yes, we should be expecting three points on Friday, but we also shouldn't disrespect them because we know that Sheffield United are the bane of our lives, uh, always have been, always will be one of those teams that anything can happen. Um, but if we play the way we played for the last 20 minutes, half an hour on Saturday, I would expect the points to be in the bag pretty comfortably. Steve, are you... Uh... You agreed with what you're saying with what Cooper's sort of tactic was from the out outlet at Arsenal. You've probably done the same yourself. Are you shackles off, unleash the gods of war on Friday or what? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, the crowd will be absolutely uh, bouncing, you know, first home game. And, you know, Sheffield United against Palace on Saturday, from all accounts, they were a bit toothless. They were missing, you know, everything but the goal. Um, so I'm not saying they're there for the taking, but You've got to go at them. And I would say go at them from the off, put them under pressure, because if you do go 1-0 up, it's going to be very hard for a side like that to even pull one back. And, you know, I think it'd be beyond them to, to beat us 
2-1 if we did. You know, you, you've heard it here first now, we lose 2-1. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, go at them. Absolutely go for it. Um, but I still think it'll be a tight game and I think it'll only be 1-0 for them. Jamie, I was going to come to you with this, but I have to sort of stay with you, Steve, only because of what you said about the history of when you'd first seen it. So I can't really remember a time because I started watching about 87 around there where we've been overly arrogant as far as fans. Maybe it's because we've appreciated what we had in the late 70s and the miracle of all that sort of stuff. Uh, but even even going down to the championship, I can't remember many times we've gone down being cocky, whether it's from shell shock or being down or whatever it was. There may be times someone's now going to come up with. But do you not think there needs to be a small amount of that arrogance to which does that does that then pass on to the players as well where you go hold on we're we've, we've survived in the Premier League now now we need to step it up rather than trying to be you know we were brought up on cluffy and carpet football and stuff Do you, or is that just not in the nature of the people of Nottingham to actually go we should smash these or is it because we've seen too many tragedies through the years that was at you Steve only because I, I, Jamie's seen a lot less of the tragedies I think oh right okay um I I would always, Cluffy always used to say, respect your opponent, whoever they are, respect. And interestingly enough, I was talking to Gary Burtles recently, and he said he would say against any opposition, whether it be Palace, whether it be Oxford in the Cup or whatever, he used to say to the players, set up, we go at them as if we're playing Liverpool. Um, so absolutely respect your opponent 100%, um, because a lot of teams didn't do that to us last year. And they got a bit of a spanking a la Liverpool. Um, not spanking, but they got, got turned over. Liverpool, Arsenal, you know, two draws against Chelsea. Teams that thought they would just come steamrollers. Um, so, yeah, respect your opponent, but certainly don't fear them. And, and respect the sea, which is always important as well. Quinn, respect, yes, respect the sea. Uh, Jamie, uh, Sheffield United on Friday. So if you ever needed an excuse, I mean, I, I remember being the Lytton tree in Skeg when we lost that bloody playoff to them and the, the horrendousness of the people of Sheffield and Nottingham mixing by the coast in Skegness with cheap beer. Um, but look at Max Lowe. What a lovely lad. What a lovely lad at Forest. Wouldn't we all agree? Lovely lad. But what's happened to him since he's gone back there? He's hitting an, a, 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 an OAP. If you ever needed a reason to not like him, Jamie, there's you for you. Uh, what, what are you expecting on Friday? Yeah, I was going to say, I was disappointed by that. I like Roy Hodgson, so that annoyed me a little bit. But I, no, like both uh, of them. I like Max Lowe as well. I was like, oh, not those yeah. <laughs> It's like whenever a player goes there, they just like Jack Robinson as well. Like, I just don't yeah, like Jack him? Robinson anymore. Yeah, what happened to him in the playoff? Why did he take, you remember him diving at that end at the away end? Oh my God, yeah, go on. Anyway, so how much are we smashing him or are we not going to be arrogant, Jamie? What are we doing? I don't want to be arrogant. I never am. And to be honest, I don't like talking about the score until the game's finished because I just have a really, really bad... Um, I, I don't know the word for it now. Um, I'm a bit superstitious. So when someone says to me, oh, what's the score before the game? I'm like, I don't want to talk about it. And rarely I will criticise a side on commentary before the game because I simply don't want to 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 give the the darkness in the world any kind of just anything to feed off to try and give them that win. I don't know what it is. It was like before the Arsenal game, end of the season, I was like, Arsenal, great team, formidable opponent, still got a chance to win the title, so I'm not going to cast them out, even though fully well in my brain, I was just thinking, God, I, I, I just want these to lose so bad and I don't like this and this. Um, but it's going to be a tough game. I agree with Stephen. You know, I, I think that you, you should never disrespect an opponent, especially Sheffield United, because we know that they will make it difficult for us. Their mentality will be hard to match. I have no doubt that we will match it, but it's going to be a real challenge. And, uh, and Paul Hackingbottom is um, one of those managers that I think every other manager just hates to be opposite in, mm. in their own technical area. I just think he's a real wind-up merchant and 
you know, we've got to make sure that we don't let it get the better of us because that's where you lose the game, the mental side of it. They can have a team that's uh, got less quality in it than we do. And I do believe that Sheffield United don't have as much quality as they do, as we do, sorry, in our squad. But if we don't have the right mentality and we lose our heads, we'll lose that game and it will be an embarrassment. But, I, you know, I agree with you, Freebs. I think it's a must win for me. Um, I think we need to lay down solid foundations for this season. Um, but I'm under no illusion it's going to be a, a bit of a bigger challenge than some fans expect. No one's mentioned about the 11 points, but I've still got completely got my eye on 11 points. I'll tell you that straight away. That's where my... And also, you've got Morgan. Uh, what did they say? Something about, oh, look how you love him now. You didn't like him when he was playing for Sheffield United. No, because he played for Sheffield United. Of course, he didn't bloody like him. Oh, if he does life. the fingers in the ear celebration at Sheffield United, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. That I mean, is too crazy. Excited. And also, Jamie, pick you up on one thing. When you said, I don't know why it's in me when I get worried about it, because we had a five-goal bloody swing. That's why because all things can happen at the Nottingham Forest <laughs> Football Club. And we've all seen it with all our eyes that are looking at this camera at each other. We've all seen it. Uh, Lisa, you, Jamie's not going to do one, I don't think. But what's your score prediction? You went the same as on the radio, if you had a, 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 you know, slept on it. Yeah, I still think it's going to... I, I wish I'd slept on it. I've, uh, I've <laughs> Today's just been long. It's been long, long, long. Uh, I'm still going 2-0. I think we will be... Um, we will be too strong for them. And if if we play the way we played for the last half an hour, um, like I said, we can't be complacent. The city ground is our fortress. And it'll be we we should be strong enough to get the points, but we can't be disrespectful because they've got Benny Osborne. It is a forest graveyard, and it depends which side it is. You remember when they were in the Premier League and Jack Robinson went and we're going, bloody hell, all these forest players doing all right at Sheffield United. It's just, it seems to have tipped the other way. Jamie, you're not going to do a prediction, are you? You're going to shake your head at me. You're not going to give me a score. Okay, uh, Steve, about as uh, worth as much as Toffee, but what are you going to go for the prediction then? I'm sticking to my 1-0, yeah. Um, and if if Awani is uh, fit enough at any point, I think he gets the goal, or I'll be controversial and say Danilo will sneak up in the box and bang one in. So... Danilo or Awani, 1-0. Well, have you and Lisa bumped into each other and had that thing where you've swapped who can say his name? Can only one of you ever say it at a time? <laughs> Lisa couldn't say it for the whole of bloody last season and now it seems like Steve can't. Uh, but that's fine. It's Freaky Friday. We're going to call it's, it that. It's Ola this year. Ola's the one that I'm... Uh, oh, I don't know how to say his name. Aina, what are we going with? Jamie? Steve, what are you saying in commentary? Aina. I always go Aina. Ooh. I heard the commentators on um, Saturdays calling him Aina, but we shall uh, we'll, we'll double check that before Friday because both Jamie and I will be commentating. So yeah, I was going to say, boys, we need. <laughs> we should probably know. This is. I was going yeah. to say, he's, he's, you know, he's got one of them names, hasn't he? Um, so what I'm going to do is here, we've asked people to send in a little bit of a their predictions for Forest finishing position because I know you guys did it last see, uh, last week as well. Uh, by the way, I think we'll beat Sheffield United three one. Um, just throwing that one out there. Um, and what we asked for, we're going to try to do this thing called, you know, like a, a red hot take where people's opinion, you know, for instance, uh, oh, what's the one? You uh, used to have a bloke down our street who always used to just wore bin bags. Whenever it rained, he wore bin bags. That was his red hot take on how to stop the rain, which I think was his thing. Um, everyone's got the different stuff. I kind of want your red hot take on the way you think Forest will be this season. They haven't all got to be crazy. It could be to do with anything. So I've got a few of them lined up. People have sent me. So thank you very much for that. I think the first one is, is Edward, who's a Caponosity um, Function is his name on Twitter. Um, I think Jamie's already said that if he's available to read in bedtime stories, he's well up for it. Uh, so here we go. This is his first. Hopefully you can hear this. Forrest are going to usurp Crystal Palace and finish 12th this season. And my hot take is that the glass 
and the Trent End boxes is going to have to be reinstalled for some reason. I mean, I don't know what to think with that one. Twelfth. I mean, uh, Steve and Ashley, what's your position? What are you going for, Forrest? Um, last season, I said 17th. Uh, so I was only one out. I'll be honest, I don't think we'll be that much further up. I, I think we'll be 15th. I'm going, I went 10th last year and got that well wrong. So I'm going 14th. Uh, Lisa, did you do it last week with Kieran? You did, didn't you? You said I can't you even remember. I can't even remember what I did this morning. What do you feel like now? What do you feel like today? Position. Do you agree? Um, with Ed, I'm going to go one better, 15th. Jamie, do we do league predictions or is it just scores? I'll do a league prediction. Just, oh, just thanks. this is just for you. All right. Okay. So uh, I'm going to go 14th. I agree with you. 14th for me. Yeah, I'll be happy with that. And, and any thoughts on the glass needing cleaning of City Ground? Because that's I like that's the reason I asked for this. I, I've not noticed it being dirty and being behind the glass. What's it like up in the commentary bit? Everything all right? Do you need a hoover around or anything? Are you lads all right up there? It's all right. I mean, you know, get to spend a bit of time together, don't we? Steve, it's all right. It's nice and warm up there, I suppose. It's um it's archaic, is what it is. It, it, it's it's from the dark ages. Those uh, those back benches, but it's it's lovely. It is uh, at least we've got nice big tellies for the replays. Great view though, and I, I love that stand for the view. Everyone goes about the A block and stuff. I like the middle of the Taylor stand or lower. Brian Clough, I think, is great. Um, so we've got uh, another message in here uh, from Glenn Hancock, who I think he's. Oh no, he hasn't. It's the next person who sent me it from their holiday. <laughs> so there's a bit of noise on that one. But here's Glenn. Hi Ryan. Hi Reds fans. My prediction for the season is Forest will finish fifteenth. And my red-hot tip, during the Euros, Scott McKenna will play for Scotland in a fixture against England involving Morgan Gibbs-White. Both of them will score in the fixture, but Morgan's goal will be the clincher and will win it for England. Should be a cracker. Come on, you Reds. I mean, if that happens now, we've just become this suitor. Have I, have I seen the, the Euros been drawn or anything? We even, I'm so confused by that one in that sense, but... Uh, Morgan Gibbs-White for the Euros. Uh, Lisa, uh, a chance? Well, if you want to bet him with Betty Tip, I have put a little bit of money on him to be in the, the squad for next year. Oh, lovely. And, and so, Sorry, Steve, I meant to ask you as well when Edward speak. Could you pick out the accent there or what area? It was a lovely Irish accent. It was. Well, that was silky, wasn't it? No, you know what? Um, no, I would... Imagine we did this every time Steve comes on. We play him an Irish accent. Yes, to see where. It's... Yeah, I'd, I'd I'd go sort of uh, further west than east, but uh, yeah, I'm struggling with that. Very nice too. And here's here's the one from uh, James Ross, who I think is by a pool somewhere. Hello, Freebs. Uh, just on holiday at the moment in Lanzarote, so my predictions are as follows: um, Forest will finish 14th. There's too many teams that are worse than us that'll. Uh, like Wolves, who are falling heavily in Everton, who struggle this season. Um, so I think they'll finish 14th. And my bizarre fact would be, um, Chris Woods is going to score at least 15 goals this season. Forrest. Stop drinking, James. He's uh, Gary Baldy, so um, watch this space. And yeah, laugh, but it might have just happened. Okay. You Reds. I'm chucking it in early over the top of you, James. I think you've had far too many daiquiris, sir. What was that, 15 goals for Chris Woods? Uh, Jamie, thoughts on that one? Uh, a yes or no? Is, or has James been on too many of them holiday shandies already? Yeah, never going to happen. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I'm I'm all for Chris. I, whatever you think about Chris Wood, he wears a Forest shirt, get behind him and everything. So, yeah. um, And if he does score 15 goals, then I will give £500 to a charity of your choice. Freebs, there you go. Jeez. It's not going to happen, but... There you go. You can you can hold me to that. So I'm pretty certain. Um, but yeah, 
My charity is Steve Curry getting his money back for his season ticket. That's what I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'll pay for your season ticket, Steve. That's what I'll do. Yeah, and on that note, I reckon uh, Lee Wood's got more chance of scoring 50 goals than Chris I, Wood. Do you know what's I funny? I think though? he's going to get five. Yeah, mm, yeah. He's thrown in a fight because this is we had this conversation. Do you remember where I'd heard a rumor from somewhere, as we do sometimes, and I think I put it on the group to you and Dan and that last year and gone Chris Woods, and he went, "Why would he leave a team like Newcastle's come to Forest?" And then he did, and we were like, "Bloody hell, that's good," because Dan thought he would never would have come, and then it was a bit like, uh, but you know, he's got the minerals. I think uh, last two of these, and then uh, we're going to do a roundup at the end of this and say tatty bye. So I can't remember who sent me this one. Hi everyone, it's Darren here from Hocknell. Uh, my prediction for Forest this year will be another season of consolidation. Uh, sound 15th place finish, uh, but that's based on both backing and keeping Cooper. Okay, thanks very much. I love it. I love it when I do get them in. I absolutely love people reaching out to the show. It's one of my favourite things. I'm going to try and do it way more. But I do like the ending on that one. I, do you know what? I, I'm going to have to find who sent me in. I think it was, uh, I can't remember the name. It's really bad now. But Cooper's a big thing to that as well. Um, so at least I'm going to come with you with that one. What do you think Steve Cooper's chances are of seeing September? <laughs> I mean, what are you I, asking me for? I, I don't know. love asking you these questions. <laughs> I love my job. For me, you have got to be. I, I, I just can't see the way forward with without him at the moment. I mean, we played what we've played one game. Why would you sack your manager at this point? Um, but we don't like. We I don't know. We, you know, it's it's the run, Lisa. I think the, the run. reason why he's probably said what he has about the signings. I think there's part of that that he's gone. I've got some bloody tough games coming, and they've not backed me the way I think we should have. But I would be really shocked if by the end of September we aren't in the bottom three. Um, would I be really shocked if Coops was not in the position? Probably not, but stranger things have happened. I really hope that the hierarchy realise what we've got in this manager um, and that one day in the future he will be the manager of one of the top six teams. Um, let's hope he is the manager of the Forest side that is in the Europa League next season. Um, and on that basis, Darren from Hucknall didn't sound like Darren from Hucknall right until the very end of that bit. Yeah. Oh, okay. What did you think that was me doing a Nottingham accent? No, it, no, no, no. It was literally, he spoke very, very well. Can't disagree with what he said, but he didn't sound like he was from Mucky Huckner right to the very end. Oh, Lisa, drop it in the local. I like it. Thank you very much. Do you know what? My, my, my only thing of never living in Nottingham was once the only thing I had that was local was when someone said they were from Bestwood. And I went, I saw a car on fire there once upside down, coming back from a swimming bath. And they went, sounds like it. That was all I ever knew from Nottingham at that point. Here's the last one. Evening, evening. Uh, it's um, at Johnny. John, um, quick prediction for the season. I think, I hope, uh, we're going to be finishing 14th. The heady heights of 14th. Uh, this season and um, I truly believe that my wonder boy Danilo is um, he's going to get double digits goals just got a little feeling in my uh, my little belly there my big belly um, so yeah that's, I'm sure they won't come to fruition after last season's prediction was that we finish eight <laughs> but uh, yeah we'll, we'll see you Ed
the U Reds is the best bit still, right? Because like Natalie's got it now. So we've been together nearly well, it's got a year and a half beyond that. But this I'll be driving along, there'll be something, something forest. You reds, and she just does it. So anything that has the word forest in, you reds, it just becomes this thing. I like what we said. Uh, yeah, I think that's fair enough as well. Danilo, uh, Steve Danilo with double figures. What do you think about that one? No, yeah, if he gets five, <laughs> I'm, I'm happy. But like Lisa said earlier, <laughs> Those midfielders have got a dab in, but yeah, you love the way I was sitting on the fence. No, no. Um, so we need to do one of these drunk, which is what the fuck are they talking about? Who the I, it's, it's, I love the optimism, but I, if he gets five, jackpot for me. Go on then. It's only fair I ask you lot as well, and we'll throw him one as well. Mine is that Brennan will go and we won't miss him because, you know, as I've said a million times, if he thinks too long, he will miss <laughs> on Saturday. Uh, Lisa, what's your hot take? Yeah, I, I think that uh, Chris Woods will get will will play an integral part in our season as he did last. Um, and I always start the season with a clean slate. Every player deserves a chance. Um, and I, I, my my hot take hot take is that Chris Wood will be an important player for us this year. It's annoying me because I want to say Red's hot take, but then no one's going to know what I'm on about. And then we might get some dodgy calls from people breathing really heavily going, it's on the line where you do the red hot thing. Um, so I've practiced that way too much. Jamie, got a hot take for the season, mate, that isn't from your inside knowledge or something that's going to make us all look stupid? Go for it. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, maybe, is, is Matt Turner to be number one a hot take? I don't really know. Um, he is the number one. Well, I mean, but for the, for the whole season, for the whole season. Is that call, a hot take? Call that, that's mate. That's almost like a coma. It's no way. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really. I don't really. I don't really like that question, Freeze. To be honest, because uh, I'm bad at hot takes. Oh. Um, I'm going to be safe. Don't give him say, ammunition on Twitter, James. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just going to say what Lisa said. I, th- I think. I think. I think Chris Wood will do a little bit more than he did last year. Not um, 15 goals, like uh, not. No, let's not be daft here. Let's come on. Finally. Come on. Drum rolls there for you. Steve Curry, big moment. We might not see you for a couple of months. We don't know when we'll see you. What's your red hot take, my friend? I haven't got a fucking clue. Hey, there it is. The sieves will come in. The, the moon will go away. The sun will come back. Forest will do things you don't expect. Um, It's been a pleasure being back with you. I hope you like the new bits and bobs we're doing. I'm sure everyone who's doing the pod with me is going, we don't know what just happened for the last hour. There was a bit where it all froze. Uh, what can we take from this? Sheffield United are coming. I don't like them very much. We're very happy losing 2-1 at Arsenal because it was progress. And uh, Jamie won't give you a score prediction. Steve, he's, he's just like, fuck it, it's football. I'm here for football. And Lisa, lovely to see you as always, Lisa. Lovely to see you. You Huckney, what is it? Huckney what? Mucky Huckney. We'll leave it with that one. You Reds, everyone. You Reds. Hey!